Francis Gargani here, Redemptress, living in our provincial residence in Washington, D.C. Happy to be with you once again on this fifth day of the month of December. We're beginning our second week of our new liturgical year, the second week of this very special season of Advent. The beautiful, hope-filled writings of Isaiah are woven throughout this season, and I thought I'd proclaim today's chapter 35, verses 1 through 10 of today's first scriptural reading. The desert and the parched land will exult, the steppe will rejoice and bloom. They will bloom with abundant flowers and rejoice with joyful song. The glory of Lebanon will be given to them, the splendor of Carmel and Sharon. They will see the glory of the Lord, the splendor of our God. Strengthen the hands that are feeble, make firm the knees that are weak. Say to those whose hearts are frightened, be strong, fear not. Here is your God. Your God comes with vindication, with divine recompense. Your God comes to save you. And then will the eyes of the blind be opened, the ears of the deaf be cleared. Then will the lame leap like a stag, then the tongue of the mute will sing. Streams will burst forth in the desert and rivers in the steppe. The burning sands will become pools and the thirsty ground springs of water. The abode where jackals lurk will be a marsh for the reed and papyrus. A highway will be there called the Holy Way. No one unclean may pass over it, nor fools go astray on it. No lion will be there, nor beast of prey go up to be met upon it. It is for those with a journey to make, and on it the redeemed will walk. Those whom the Lord has ransomed will return and enter Zion singing, crowned with everlasting joy. They will meet with joy and gladness, sorrow and mourning will flee. Advent, of course, is the season of preparation for the great feast of Christ's incarnation, this year being allowed to breathe its full measure of four weeks. Its cry of, come Lord Jesus, makes it clear that it's not a preparation for Christ's first coming as such. We're not making believe Christ hasn't come. Rather, our cry expresses our desire for our wounded and hurting world more and more to be transformed into the mystic body of Christ, more and more for God's kingdom to become realized in our beautiful and tragic planet. We recognize we are living the in-between time of Christ's first and final second coming, praying and working for justice, liberation, peace, and compassion to fully bloom in the wasteland we've grievously created. For those of us in the northern and temperate climate zones, Advent is often a messy season environmentally, reflective of life itself. It's a season of yearning and longing, hence some of its best music. But it's also a season full of hope, because born of the early church community's conviction that Christ was truly God and truly one of us, flesh of our flesh. That's why Advent is all traditionally associated with the mother of the long-awaited Messiah, 
often best expressed in the metaphor of pregnancy, the not yet but the ever-evolving hope of the new life of Christic transfiguration of humans as well as of all creation is fundamental to Advent longing. Mary is our special companion this season and we'll do our best if we not only call on her for inspiration but for guidance and support. When I hear or speak those stunning words of prophetic Isaiah, I am transported to the amazing Disney film of my childhood that celebrated the amazing desert and all its creatures. One of its highlights was the slow motion camera work of the blossoming of so many of the natural cacti, a symphony of color and beauty. The desert come alive with breathtaking, jaw-dropping natural extravagance. Isaiah literally paints such a canvas of prophetic hope, including the restoration of sight to the blind, hearing to the deaf, song to the mute, and leaping like a stag to the formerly lame. He paints, of course, a vision of God's kingdom where the ransomed enter Zion singing, greeted with joy and gladness, with verse 10 closing with, sorrow and mourning will flee. This is the not yet we long for, the vision that keeps calling out to us to make real for our impoverished sisters and brothers, for our impoverished creature cousins, for our impoverished Mother Earth. And hopefully, you'll also make time to read today's Luke and Gospel, chapter 5, verses 17 to 26, when the only way some folks can get a paralyzed man bound to a stretcher near to Jesus is by opening up the roof of the place where Jesus was. It's another vision of a blooming desert when from the wasteland of that man's life, Jesus makes something new, in this case, someone new. It's also a glorious celebration, as it were, of freedom, not only for that formerly paralyzed person to freely now get about, but freedom from sin for everyone present who is open to the mercy and forgiveness Jesus delights to offer. It's an Advent story of new life and hope where only disappointment and desperation previously dominated. And so both scriptures offer us the second week of Advent, a prophetic vision and a story that herald how God is continually transforming us personally and yes, as a people. Advent is a season of hope indeed for our God anoints us anew as disciples of Christ on mission to transform both creation and its creatures along with all sisters and brothers. Isaiah indeed inspires and empowers us to say to those whose hearts are frightened, be strong, fear not. Here is your God who comes with vindication, with divine recompense God comes to save you. And we in response can only cry out, Come, Lord Jesus. Behold a virgin bearing him who comes to save us from our sin. The prophets cry, prepare his way, make straight his path to Christmas Day. 
Behold our hope and life and light, the promise of the holy night. We lift our prayer and bend our knee to his great love and majesty. Amen.